This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Welcome to this Radio Diva retrospective here on Virgin Radio Pride. Now, if you don't know, Radio Diva was an award-winning LGBTQI magazine show that was broadcast live from Resonance FM's South London studio every Tuesday for three years between November 2016 and December 2019. It was hosted by me, comedian and author Rosie Wilby, alongside the fabulous musician and actor Heather Peace. We also featured roving reports by Rachel Shelley, who you'll be hearing from later, and news bulletins from our resident lesbro, Jonathan Pang. The show was supported by Diva Magazine, hence the name, and I've been trawling through the archives to bring you just a few highlights to give new listeners a flavour of the fun we had and our old fans a chance to reminisce with us. So I thought the best way to kick off a Radio Diva retrospective would be to go right back to our first ever show. Our guest was Australian comedy actor Magda Shubansky, perhaps best known as Sharon from Kath and Kim. And she had to keep me calm when my new co-host Heather was delayed on the train and I had to begin the show without her. Fortunately, I have the wonderful company here of Magda Shubansky, who is uh, basically helping me through. Yeah, administering this... sedatives. And... Yeah. <laughs> She's got me on a drip. Um, got, got, to... Giving you my jet lag drugs. Your jet lag drugs. That's that's probably what I need to, yeah, uh, yeah. to help me through slightly stressful situation of... Uh, of Wondering where Miss Miss Peace is. Your co-host. My co-host. <laughs> So-called you... co-host. I don't believe she even exists. I think it's, Magda, it's have you ever had a situation like this where things have sort of gone a bit not to plan? A live TV and or live, live, oh, live yes. radio or TV? Oh, yeah, and, and stage performances, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, many times, yeah. yeah. Oh, the nerve-wracking nature of live. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why, uh, <laughs> that's why we love a recorded interview. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can go wrong then. Or if yeah. it does, you just do it again, don't yeah, you? So that's that, right. Yeah. So that's the point. Well, look, let's talk about this, um, this fabulous, mem- fabulous memoir, Reckoning, um, which I think um, you say... Is is something that we do a bit of reckoning when we get to a certain age? When we get to a certain age, I think we do. Um, and uh, really, the book is—I mean, you know—just to sort of jump straight in, the book yeah. is—it's is, not a celebrity memoir at all. Like no. I could so care less about the celebrity thing. It's, it's about family. Isn't it's about it, in and it's ways. about intergenerational trauma, really, and the <laughs> yes. way you know to, to be hilarious honest, stuff. Very terribly, terribly <laughs> funny. Exactly what you expect from Sharon Streslicky. Really. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, if you well, see her, you would expect. In a way, because she has that very vulnerable side. Look, I would say the reason that people love Sharon is not just because she's funny, it's also because she's sad. Oh, you know? yes. And people, some people, this guy actually, a gay guy at a thing I was doing recently in Bali, said he couldn't bear to watch her. He felt her, he found the yeah. sadness unbearable. And, um, and you know, I think all of that, 
um, because my father, just to you know, give people the picture, um, he was Polish and he mm-hmm. was in the resistance um, during the war, and he was an assassin in a top secret counterintelligence Absolutely. unit. Absolutely, and that's right yeah. at the beginning of the that's book. The first isn't sentence it? of the book, and that is, was when he was still a very young man, about twenty. Nineteen, um, 19 when he 20. was recruited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first sentence of the book is, "If you'd ever met my father, you would never, not for an instant, have thought he was an assassin." <laughs> yes, um, and that's just kind of to put people in the right direction. Go, this is not a celebrity memoir. Mm. Um, but it also is that very – it's a, very Australian in some ways in that it's about that suburban veneer, you know, <laughs> the neighbours kind of thing. Like yes. we look like we live the perfect neighbour's life, but yeah. underneath it there's all this – there's all these migrants who've come from Europe bringing all this tragedy with them, you mm. know, and trauma. Um, so the book's really about that, but it's also about how that in turn impacted on my whole coming out journey and mm. affected um, my sort of, um, you know, it's such a crappy term, isn't it, coming to f- terms with with my sexuality because that mm. that sort of awareness of the, the darkness of humanity in some senses really, um, I think, um, undermined me in many ways, not to mention the fact of, you know, inherited anxieties and depressions and things like that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> really? right into the funny stuff. You know, so jolly. Yes, absolutely. She's, she's hilarious. Bit absolutely. of crack. Hilarious. Um, um, well, you, I mean, you talked about, about coming out and obviously that's um, something that, that was, uh, you know, something you did uh, very publicly a, a few years ago, live 2012. On t- doing on live, live on, on TV, TV yeah. yeah. In um, Australia, yeah. And that was very emotional for you, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was emotional. Well, I think it always is. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, lots of people had known and certainly family and friends had known for decades. But, um, you know, it's another thing. It's a whole other level taking it to the, the place where it's like the whole country knows and you can, you know, you, you, everyone knows your business. Because it's not. It's also the fact that of being a shy person, you know, mm. you don't want everyone in your business, really. It's interesting you know? how many performers are, isn't it? How many comedians Ambiverts, I know. they call us. We're ambiverts. Ambiverts, introverted oh. extroverts. Yeah, okay. That's right. a new thing to be an ambivert. Um, I like to be at the cutting edge, you know, um, <laughs> of ambivertism. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, that was really um, enormously important for me. And a real, it was a real life changer. I don't sort of want to subscribe to the whole. You know, there's almost like a born-again Christian thing, like you come out and everything's fine. And that's actually not the experience for everyone. No. It depends on if it's well-received. They've done research. And if you're coming out as well-received, it will be a positive experience for you. But if you have a terrible time of it, <laughs> it's not a positive experience. So mm. I'm very of the view that, you know, make sure you're safe, make sure you've got support. Yeah. Um, but it is also extremely empowering. You know, there's there's something very yeah. back-footed. When you're not being your whole sort of full authentic self, and I don't want to make mm. a fetish of being authentic, but mm. when you, you you do feel disempowered, and there's some, I was surprised at how much it actually changed me, and um, and it put me into a very different place publicly in Australia because now I'm, you know, quite a forceful advocate for like marriage equality, which unbelievably mm. we do not have. Yes, seventy-two percent of people are in favour. It's it's just the politicians playing, you know. Mm. Mm. Football with the issue. Well, I mean, we've right not wing. had it long here, to be to be fair. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, it's many of the Catholic countries that took it up really early. Mm. Um, mm. Interesting, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. Um, uh, so um, yeah. So now I, I find myself in a great position. There's actually very few um, really high-profile sort of household name um, gay people in Australia. Surprisingly, I mean, the, mm. um, yeah. Like who, here, who have we got? And yeah, well, well, Ruby Rose, obviously. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but um, yeah, Ian Thorpe now. Oh yes, yes. Thorpey. Swimmer. Um, 
Um, yeah, no, that's, you know, you can't. Wow. That's about it. Whereas Gosh. here, there's like a lot here, aren't there? There, so there are. There's it's a whole, very different. Yeah, a whole host of people. Yeah. yeah, the best of Diva Radio, Virgin Radio Pride. Ah, oh, the brilliant Magda Shubansky there. Next, we're going to hear from co-founder and director of UK Black Pride, Lady Phil, who joined us in the studio in December. 2016. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, in terms of UK Black Pride, I used to run a um, black lesbian in the UK group and it was more online. So we took it offline and I was working with a number of um, asylum seekers, women who were failed asylum seekers, people who had just come into the country and didn't really know anyone. Um, and I decided to take them to South End. And, <laughs> I know, I know. As Everyone, you do. Everyone says, why South End? <laughs> that because, gay haven. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was growing up, my dad could only afford to write, really take us to places like Broadstairs, South End, uh-huh. Margate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we went there and we took two coachloads of um, black women, um, trans women, Brilliant. bi women. And um, yeah, it was... It was one of those experiences that made you feel like, actually, this is what's needed. You know, coming together with a shared commonality, Mm. women celebrating who they are, not being afraid to, you know, hold hands in the big beach that we were sat at, listening to music. Brilliant. And also feeling like we had a pride of place. Because sometimes when you go to regular prides, It doesn't feel diverse. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel as inclusive mm. of, you know, the full spectrum of LGBTQI. Um, so for us, it's sometimes you have to create it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it started in 2005. And so 2005 was that, that trip to South End, but then you had the first actual... No, 2004 was ah, the trip to okay, South Oh, OK, on your website. Ah, but yes. on the website it says 2005 and then it started in 2006. We, I took them back ah. to South End twice. Ah, to South End twice. <laughs> this is, a, no, this is the I same was... group of people twice. <laughs> yeah, but more, well, come on, more, it was so yes. good. Of course yeah, they were going to yeah. go back. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, OK, because yeah. on the website I, I, I could have sworn it said uh, that, that was 2005. 2005, your first little South End meeting. And where, where, are, where are you now with um, with Black Pride? Sort of, how was this year's event for you? Oh, this year's event was it was brilliant. It was um, probably one of the best that we've had. Oh, um, definitely one of the best. I mean, yes, it must have been. I mean, yes, get, these things always get bigger and better. It grows, it evolves, it gets better. Um, I think for me personally, that sense of community and we've actually reached out to so many different people where even though it's called Black Pride, people who are not black don't feel uncomfortable about coming because it's really important that we're not just talking to ourselves. We're not just wanting to challenge racism and homophobia by ourselves. We've got to do it with allies. So, you know, it's grown and it's got bigger. I suppose as with main pride, you know, straight people come along and support and straight allies. That's right. So, you know, as long as it doesn't lose its So long as it doesn't get taken over. Yeah, Yeah, I think that won't happen. You've obviously not met me. I know. Oh, no. I don't think we're going to take you over, Lady <laughs> Phil. Um, so what performance? You've had Beverly Knight and people like that over the yeah, years. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. She, she was, was one of my favourites. when she performed. We've had Jessie J, and this was Ooh. before she was famous. Right. Well, she was still famous, yeah. but before she was really big. Megastar, um, yeah. We've had Misha B. Yeah. We've had um, a number of other artists, but... 
for us, it's not about these big named artists. Mm. It's about the artists within the community who may not have the platform to shine as you know, as some of the bigger artists that you see on TV. Yeah, there's so much talent out there. I mean, that's why we do the Diva Discovers, you know. There's a heck of a lot of great artists, uh, musicians and songwriters, you know, and uh, not everybody gets that chance, so I'm I'm totally behind you with that. Mm. Can Um, I just say something, though, about Black Pride? You know, we came up against so much resistance and, um, you know, even people within our own LGBTQ community were so enraged that we would set up a Black Pride. Really? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's that that non-understanding of difference and people need different areas and arenas to express themselves. Um, And we were told that there should be no place for it and we'd never succeed. Hence why Ah. you mentioned, Rosie, 10 years on. For us, that's a a landmark and that's like a victory, knowing that we're still here going strong. Fantastic. Well done. And um, so what what sort of... um, what sort of spurred you on as a as an activist sort of what what age were you when you sort of got angry about things enough to sort of make it your life's work do you think um you know i think being born black means mm. that there's going to be something that will um mean that I have to advocate and ad- be an activist but it was when I was 11 um, I used to go dancing in a place called the townhouse in Enfield mm-hmm. and Enfield town was the area for um, NF that was their home base and hmm. they they had a march through Enfield town wow. and I was told by this little old woman you need to get in that alley um, because hmm. they don't like your sort and I never got it until you know i realized they came down and my friend was saying to me actually this is what they're about and i think from the age of 11 i've always been politically aware of who i am and differences and um i think that you just can't be neutral in situations where people face injustice or Mm. it hurts you know i hated the bullies so i'd always tackle them you know you don't know that that's you being an activist you just know it's just instinctive right yeah Yeah, absolutely Uh it's all about pride virgin radio pride you're listening to a radio diva retrospective with me rosie wilby on virgin radio pride I hope you're enjoying it so far. Next, we're going to hear from actor and trans campaigner Rebecca Root, who appeared on the show in May 2017 after she had starred in BBC sitcom Boy Meets Girl. It's actress Rebecca Root. Hi. Hi. It's so lovely to see you. How are you doing? It's lovely to be here. I'm good, thank you. Well, um, perhaps... um, just keeping up with all of the excitement, maybe we should just get right into your exciting news that you've got to reveal for us. Oh. We'll chat about all your acting and career and Boy Meets Girl and all of that yeah. um, in a minute. But but you've got something exciting, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, you, you asked me um, what uh, what plans I had for the future and what I was what I could talk about, and I, I there's a couple of things that I sort of want to talk about, but I can't. Sort of Some exciting those, filming projects yeah. coming up, but we can't. Talk but too then much I thought, about. well, the, the one thing I can talk about is um, my recent engagement to Yay! my wonderful girlfriend. Oh, I love a love story. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the studio is just full of joy. <laughs> oh. How long have you been together? 
Uh, nine months. Oh, that's so, so around sweet. the time that uh, yeah, around the time the babies have been forming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Who asked who? I asked oh. Beth on um, Full Beacon in on the South Downs Way on in Sussex. My neck to, of the woods. Yeah, it's beautiful Perfect. there, isn't it? Yeah. How lovely. So yeah. you got a ring. I haven't got it yet. Oh, you because oh. I'm a poor actor. So, oh, I see. Well, uh, I, I picked I picked some wildflowers and, oh. and little posy, and I I I get I proposed with those instead. And oh, after sweet. I've done those film projects, I should be able to afford a ring. <laughs> oh. Well, maybe you could crowdfund it or something. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Can we get you way. back in when you're able to um, discuss said projects? Yeah, of course, of course. Because but I'm pro- quite excited. At yeah. The prospects. Well, your career has really. Um, well, it's it's kind of risen really just recently, hasn't it? I suppose was Boy Meets Girl really the the game changer? And yeah, the it was. Point? Yes, yeah. yes. I was thinking about it the other day. Um, couple, the last couple of years, really, since uh, Boy Meets Girl went out, which was 2015. It, um, gosh, I can't believe. Yeah, it's, I know. It's already that long ago. It's, it seems it's sped by, hasn't it? Like yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously we had um, two series. Yep. Um, the second series went out last summer, mm-hmm. and. Um, and just since then, you know, things have been. I, I was well, not anxious that I would get typecast as a sitcom actor, but I thought, oh, I wonder if I'll only kind of be confined to, you know, sitcoms, and people will only see me as as Judy from Boy Meets Girl. Yeah. But actually, I've been very lucky, and I've had a number of other projects which have kind of kept my career um, bubbling along with with diversity and yeah. and lots of different things. And I know. think I saw a little clip of you speaking. I think it was at a panel event, and you saying that you also now get kind of cast for sort of cisgender roles yeah. as well. So it's not all just sort of trans parts. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's only right. You know. Well, absolutely I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, even even as a even as a lesbian actress, I've you know since I've been properly out, it's 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 tricky. Yeah. yeah you know, there was a lesbian playing a lesbian, and then pretty much most roles since then have been have been lesbian roles. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's funny. It's but, it, strange... but it's any typecasting, isn't it? It's like mm. that it's is like doing you know if you do like you say sitcom or action or you know. Well, there's this strange double standard, isn't there, that they've quite happily for many, many years, Hollywood have sort of cast straight actors to play gay, Tom Mm. Hanks and so on. Um, But there seems to be this... um, kind of myth this weird perception that somehow a gay actor or a trans actor couldn't play a you know heteronormative I think lead. you know what I've, yeah. I've always thought it is I think sometimes it's um it's the the studios worrying that perhaps the audience can't cope w- with w- it. say wouldn't buy into a love really? story between me and a guy yeah sometimes okay. I think it's that because it does it certainly you know yeah, I don't know. Mm. Is it because they think that uh, the the audience knows you as one type of person and actor that they therefore aren't going to be able to? Yeah. But then why why does it not work the other way around? Where, I don't know. You know. It's really interesting, isn't it? It's a strange double standard. Yeah, mm. it's not fair. But an- another really interesting thing that I noticed on your Twitter feed that you've done recently is some some Doctor Who audio. Was it an yeah. audio book? Yeah, with um, the wonderful people at Big Finish. Yeah. So I did um, a great story called Zaltis um, with the wonderful Peter Davison. I know, because that took me right yeah. back. I was like, well, hang yeah. on, he was Doctor Who when I was Exactly. A kid. Well, Big Finish have the kind of the, the Doctor Who licence for the audio stories and yeah. then they, they, they keep the sort of the, the worlds of those Doctors kind of alive. They're ah. the same assistants and a lot yeah. of the same kind of baddies and so forth, but with 
than 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 new stories, okay. but with the the same uh, usually the same cast. So they've got everybody from Tom Baker. Peter Davison, Sylvester McCoy. Um, they've just recently done one with David Tennant. And they're great. It's such a great, wonderful, wonderful little job to do. Yeah. Really great fun. Yeah, well, I saw you getting really good um, kind of mentions yeah. in some of the reviews of yeah, that. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Was your part originally played, did I read, by Rula Lenska? Um, no, like I that, think no. they were saying that oh, I was sort of in the vein of, of yes, <laughs> right, I was in the vein of, but ah. no, my character was in a, you know, a new, oh, a, a new character, character a one-off, you know, a baddie. Um, oh, a ba- right, yeah, okay. So. Much more baddie, fun. A great deal of fun playing a baddie, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's interesting because we talk about kind of diversifying my career and um, with every part that I do, I always think, well, how, how you know, that's, Thank, thank the Lord for Judy in Boy Meets Girls. That was a great character to play. But for every part that I play now, I want to think, well, how does this differ from that role? How is that going to keep me seen to be are you, are you turning different? St- have you turned stuff down because of that? Because no, of not, not, no, not necessarily be because of that. I have turned down a couple of things. Or, uh, not actually that necessarily offered, but I've turned down the opportunity to audition for things which I didn't feel were particularly... Um, uh, kind to the trans experience and community oh, so you know okay. so, some kind of rather outdated terminology and scenarios and I just thought I'm they not interested in this they can just be quite two dimensional with yeah. stuff as well can't they not which actually ball. Boy Meets Girl was so clever in that that it wasn't at all was it it really yeah. felt three dimensional yeah. I, I think anyway. yeah exactly and yeah. it just I mean it was a you know it was a love story between two people okay yeah. You know, a, a, a male and a female. So far, so heteronormative. But well, you know, the fact was that you know <laughs> my character was trans, and so that yeah. that did break the mold. But at the same time, you know, it was just a love story. It was two people who met, yeah. fell in love, and had to navigate certain obstacles. And that's what creates drama and comedy yeah, and, and, and there, was, there was a lot of comedy in there yeah. I mean some of our kind of favourites in there we were chatting to Denise Welsh on the phone the <laughs> right, other yeah, yeah. she was of course superb in of that of course yeah and um, I think when I was last chatting to you I was saying I, I really love the woman who plays your mum yeah Janine Davitsky yeah. yeah wonderful <laughs> she's just got such she's, a she's pretty much a na- national treasure now you know yeah, so um, yeah, yeah. yeah she's, she's great fun the best of diva radio virgin radio pride Hi, this is Rachel Shelley here. Hope you're enjoying the Radio Diva retrospective. Coming up next is my report from the Women's March in central London back in January 2017. Excuse me, can I ask you a question? Why are you marching today? I'm I'm marching today in solidarity with all those people in the US. Um, And I'm marching today because what 2016 showed us is that progress isn't inevitable and that every generation has to fight for equality and for diversity and for social justice. Because I don't think Donald Trump should be allowed to be president and I don't think that someone who's openly sexist should be able to run one of the most powerful countries in the world. Because it's time that people stood up to the inequality and unfairness of the recent world events. I'm a veteran marcher and I think, the same as my daughter, we need to stand up for women's rights. Trump clearly acts like he doesn't care about them and for every other equality issue that we all care about. Against Donald Trump. Excuse me, excuse me, what does your sign say? My sign says Viva la Volva. The arc of history won't bend towards justice by itself. Women's rights are human rights. Nasty women of the world unite. 
keep your rosaries off our ovaries. You don't need a Heyman to read Gloria Steinman. Make empathy great again. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. The marchers are now pouring into Trafalgar Square, along with the sunshine, the kids, men, women. And the music's starting. Hello, I'm Sandy Toxvick. Fair to say the police have been overwhelmed by the numbers. I'm here because I believe in building bridges and not walls. I'm here because I'm gay. Because I'm Jewish, because I'm Muslim. Because I'm differently abled, I'm trans, I'm tall, I'm short, I'm white, I'm black, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'll pick a thing. And here to remind us that women's rights cross borders, Natasha Walter. We will build a better tomorrow. A tomorrow based on love, not hate on bridges, not walls. We are standing on the shoulders of giants, 200 years of brave activists who fight for the rights we have today. Let's pledge today that we will protect those rights and we will use today as a starting point to build a future of true liberation. Freedom is walking without fear. Freedom is walking without looking behind you. Set us free! Set us free! Set us free! They estimated that 15 to 20,000 people would turn up today, and I can tell you the new estimate is 80,000. We need to keep marching together every day creating a more equal and inclusive society, step by step. My name is Tanya Moody. I'm a feminist. I march today because I believe that ending violence against women and girls isn't radical. It's common sense. And tomorrow, keep the swing in your waist. Keep the joy in your feet. Keep your face above the parapet. Equality is better for everyone. We're marching because we want no girl to ever lower her sights, be limited in her life because she sees her value through Donald Trump's eyes. When they go low, we lift our sights higher and higher and higher. We stand here on the shoulders of our mothers and our grandmothers who fought before us to get the right to vote to get equal pay laws, to build equality. Yes! We'll do the same, not just for our victories, but how we stand together against the setbacks for the sake now of our daughters and our granddaughters and our sons and our grandsons. We will keep marching for equality now. Thank you. That was Yvette Cooper. The whole of London has come to a standstill. 80,000 turned up, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid I, I got that wrong. I'm really sorry. It's 100,000! This week we learned that it is possible to buy high office 
and we can sink into sadness or we can get mad and mobilize. We wanted to go out with the voice of the youngest generation, Zamaya Siddiqui. She is just 10 years old. I shall stand for love, I shall stand for love. Please know you were part of a phenomenal day where London stopped to hear women's voices. Thank you, Rachel, for that brilliant report. I remember it well. Where should we go next? Well, let's hear a chat that guest co-host Jen Brister and I had with actor and activist Liz Carr. Liz Carr. Oh, hooray. Hooray, hooray. Wow, Liz thank you. Carr. Thank, thank you. I'll applaud, but nobody can hear me. <laughs> Liz, I, really, it's just the Liz, jingling of my rings. Liz Carr is in the studio. Our other guests um, were applauding then as well. People are thinking, oh, there was actually more than one. I know, person. it's oh, a bit Steve Wright. Isn't it's it? it's it's a bit Steve Wright. Sorry. It did get a bit heart FM there, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 78 but people in the studio. Thank you um, for putting me off parenthood. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> welcome. In oh, that first time. five minutes, I felt my ovaries shrink. Yeah, they will. And so that's good. Good, so thank you for that. <laughs> so pleasure. Um, many, many listeners will know you from Silent Witness as Clarissa Mullery. They may indeed. You might have been doing a bit of spot of filming today, I believe. Yes, that's why I've got all the slap on. I've got ridiculous amounts of slap because good, as Liz, I don't wear radio, a right? bit of slap for radio. Yeah. But I've got I've got Clarissa's makeup, so ah. uh, you look <laughs> great. Is it, is it not your normal makeup then, Liz? Oh, <laughs> the, the three layers of, of foundation, <laughs> the orange oh. glow, <laughs> absolutely. Not. Do you know what? When I got the job, uh, I mean, which was a massive kind of feat for the BBC to take on a disabled person, a wheelchair user and somebody that does look different, you know, Mm. absolutely. Um, Apparently one of the producers went, yes, but what about her teeth and hair? And you're like, oh, okay. So teeth got done and the hair got wigged. So oh, got wigged. Yeah, right, yeah. got wigged. Got okay. wigged. And and maybe a new wig for the new series. Ooh. I'm just saying. Oh, Gosh, I can't wait. Do you get to keep the wigs? I, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't. And that's okay. And that is okay. That's absolutely fine. Let's be honest, fine. I think that is okay. Fair, some things would be weird. Although, the very first year I got, it wasn't a wig, it was a hair piece, right? <laughs> so you put it on at the front. I mean, it was just horrific. And then your own hair was at the back. Oh. And the more I grew my own hair, it was a slightly different colour. The more mullety I looked. It was <laughs> more... Like, I'm going to have to go back and look at those. It's like Clarissa Mullety rather than Mullery. <laughs> it was grim, you know. But... One of our cats looks very good wearing them. So, oh, really? What, the hairpiece? Yes. Oh, Does great. it fit? Uh, just, to be honest, she's just she's just quite a diva, one of our cats, okay. to be honest. And and she just models anything and she looks good in anything. So she looks great in this hairpiece. You could wear it as a merkin as well, Well, <laughs> again. Yeah. Are we allowed to say merkin on the radio? I don't know. We've said it now. We've said it. Cat merkin. Cat merkin. That I want to say. Where would, it, where would it go? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't really well, need one, would do it they? Because they've got fur all over. I mean, I know, exactly. Anyway, um, <laughs> ah, yeah, it didn't take us long to get onto the hot topic of cats, did it? <laughs> and their merkins. I know, and, and their merkins, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's been a slow news week. Uh, yeah. let's, let's get on to cat merkins. Come on now. Um, Dot com. I tell you, I'm thinking. Absolutely. And my career's people, over. That's where I'm going. People are Googling it right now. <laughs> of course they are. I'm going to be on Etsy. Oh, dear. <laughs> 
Now, something that um, <coughs> we've got both in common, I think we both did a little, and I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say about it, we both mm. did um, a little spot of filming for Pride in London just recently. Um, we, we may not be allowed to say too much yet about what that is. Um, but um, do you do you go to a bit of Pride yourself? I do. Pride in London? I do. And, and as much as I mocked parenthood or my own parenthood and being, uh, you know, the, the re- in recent years, instead of kind of going and parading, uh, because friends of ours have got children... Mm. Um, we've ended up in the family area, which is really lovely. Ah. And it's a totally different... It is. It's is a really it? different okay. experience. They cover the floor in a rainbow path. So, I mean, if you want to be going kind of uh, yellow brick road, it's like this this multicoloured rainbow road. So you mean this is part of the procession? Uh, it, it isn't. No, it's oh. in one of the squares. It's in Golden squares. Square, usually it has okay. been, um, outside a rival uh, radio station. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is. Another radio station? <laughs> no, one no. can't possibly exist. And... Um, uh, yeah, there's entertainment. It's just a really, it, a, a totally different feel. You know, people do drink, but it's not that it's, it's all about not, drinking. Yeah. It's just so it just it feels sort of safer um, ah. and just kind of more fun. It just yeah, it tells me, you know, I'm 45 now. I'm, clearly, I'm getting old because I like the family area. Well, yeah. well, well you want to sit down. Yeah. I just want to no, go somewhere. If, if I'm going to have fun, that's fine. But can I have a chair? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, that's what I want. If if you don't go to the family area, listeners, yes. um, Radio Diva have the women's stage <laughs> at Pride in London this year, which is quite a big deal, actually, because it's going to be a third of the capacity of the main stage, Trafalgar Square. The capacity is uh, 15,000 people, I'm told, at any one time. And in Leicester Square, it's 5,000 people. So it's, it's quite a big deal that, you know, that's that women amazing. actually get a, a proper old space wow. in, in Leicester Square. So Will there be enough women to go there? Can you, you imagine all those? <laughs> Those lesbians All our in, listeners in one area. Oh my god, the tourists are not going to know what it's to do with be, themselves. It's going to be like Wonder Woman. Yeah, just <laughs> all there, isn't it? So many know. women. Gonna, yeah, we could start a fire with all that hessian just rubbing each other together, <laughs> walking past each other. It's actually it's a fire hazard. I don't know if it should happen. I, I, yeah, it probably it'll probably rain just to sort of put out the fire. I remember <laughs> to doing douse our ardor. Yeah. I remember doing uh, doing a gig when back when I was a musician many years ago um, at Pride Scotland in. And just as I went on, it suddenly started pouring down and it was an outdoor stage. So all all that I had left to play to was a small group of lesbians in cagoules. <laughs> what an unusual sight. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> outdoor gear, what? I yeah, just don't want to have been singing on. Come By Our. That's <laughs> all. It just goes with the image. <laughs> this is Virgin Radio Pride. You're listening to a Radio Diva retrospective with me, Rosie Wilby, on Virgin Radio Pride. I've been listening through the archives to find clips to give you just a little taster of the fun we had producing this award-winning LGBTQI show between 2016 and 2019. Next up, let's hear from comedian Jordan Gray. And our first guest, well has many, many strings to her bow. Jordan yes. Gray. Oh, well, <laughs> musician, writer, presenter. What, how, yeah. What's your main thing at the moment? I'll comedian? I, I, yes, I moved into yeah, comedy, comedian, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, 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 yeah. Loving it, loving life. Are you? Yeah. Wow. How do you just move into comedy? Because, I, I, I mean, I, I've always said it to Rosie, it's like, for me, it's the most terrifying thing, the idea of getting up and just, like, well, having to make people laugh. I mean, it's hard to... Right, present company accepted because you are a beautiful 
fantastic musician, right? But for the most part, I found that comedy is more of a meritocracy than music because music is is interesting. You have to just be funny. Now you are an amazing musician. I have to keep saying this to prove the point. But other people that you can you can uh, make your way up the ladder, right? But being a little bit rubbish, (laughs) I wasn't a great musician, and I did all right basically. Well, you were you were on The Voice, weren't you? Which must have been pretty scary. Come on, you got got an absolute cracking pair of lungs. Honestly, I was I was really listening to that track, that platinum track, and and you've got a voice on you. I tell you, I like that song, but it sounds like everybody else. That's why I moved into comedy. We spent a lot of money on it, and it just sort of sounds like everybody else. Good, but. Homogenous. Yeah. Got you, homogenous. got you. That makes yeah. sense to me. That makes total sense to me. You've got to make your own pattern music, I think, really. Yeah. And I think I think to if you're trying to do the chart thing, then you do go down this thing of right. like making it sound the same as everything else. The the the, the radio stations kind of uh, say that to you, don't they? I mean, there's one point where they were saying, you know, we don't want it to sound in any way live, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, um, but I think I think with music you've just gotta go with your heart and, and do what makes you happy and if that you know, well, I'm, I'm doing the Tim Minchin thing now. I'm trying to make comedy music. Ah, you found that music. Really. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, but how did you know? Fun. How did you? How did you work out yourself that you could get up on stage? You see, I just think it's a very born talent comedy, like. Oh, in I terms don't know. Of what do you think, Rosie? No, I think I think you can, can you, you can yourself? learn and you can get better. Um, definitely, you see people really, really develop. You see them yeah. do their oh, yeah, early gigs and really yeah. die, and then like a couple of months later, they've been gigging every night and they're amazing. I mean, then there are some people who don't improve. <laughs> it's when it goes the other way that's a big problem. That's when you the start great, when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm on the downward slope it's now. Finding, <laughs> it's finding what is your niche with comedy as well. Surely, you and know, what's is your it surreal sort of or is it one line? or is it I mean well it's a persona isn't it that's what it is because you obviously try to make it seem authentic and like it's you but to some extent it is a persona I've seen you doing your comedy and it ain't you and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen so I mean you're practically sort of dragging your foot behind you like like some funny oh I I I just had a dodgy knee that night (laughs) (laughs) but Jordan what's your what's your comedy persona what would you say is there something that you to be as it's not a bad thing to be pigeonholed in comedy because it helps with gigs, doesn't it? I'm I'm Russell Brand with boobies. I think is what I'm doing. <laughs> that is it. That's me. I'd take that. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Yeah, that's that, easy that to sell is that. A, that's a good tagline, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and you started writing for Diva just this oh, month. I love it. I always wanted to write before anything else, and now you've graciously given me that opportunity. You've I love got it. a column, and your first one is about. Well, it's interesting. It's about being a woman and being with a woman, and sometimes people's incorrect assumptions that are made because because you transitioned and people's sort of assumptions about sexuality and your partner's sexuality and that kind of thing. Um, is it how um, how challenging is it to be really open about about that? You know, it's great because I've kind of had to retro-engineer my own life from the ground up and that means you, you do have to take stock of the real minutiae that happens, stuff that other people maybe take for granted, you know. I feel when you are transitioning into a person and then you're transitioning into the gender of the same... Your partner is the same gender as the one yeah. you're transitioning uh-huh. into. You do feel like uh, you, you get to ask more questions and explore that. It's a safety net. I don't know. She's wonderful. She's incredible. Are you... Are you- getting married uh, yeah I don't she's oh, probably listening because she's oh. a good girlfriend oh, okay. but I don't know if I was supposed to say we're going to get married uh, hopefully in Spain later this year yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so How really, long have you been together? Two and a half years. Oh. Yeah, she proposed backstage at Sparkle, the National Transgender Festival in Manchester. Oh, that's yeah. so fantastic. What that did she really do? Did she, what, how, how, did, how did she propose? Oh, she got down in the mud, bless her, because it was oh. really muddy, even backstage <laughs> under a tent. And okay. I was I pushed her over and ran away <laughs> to the other side of the tent. And she followed me and asked again. True story. Right. Oh, that's, so <laughs> that's so romantic to hear yeah. on the Eve of Valentine's. This is my engagement ring. Now, I know this is not great for radio, but you can see it. We can so see it's very beautiful. beautiful. It's a Pokeball. Because po- I'm a, do you, do I got a little laugh a Pokemon, what? Yes, so Pokemon, you capture them in these little balls. Let me see. And this is a ruby diamond sort of interpretation of that in the form that, of an I mean, engagement. It's, it's actually very beautiful, but now bonkers that I know right. that. I think we have to uh, take a photo and tweet that later on. <laughs> so people can see what on earth we are. Is that the one where about? you like run around the park and chase things that aren't there? But they are in your actual imaginary world. It's true. That is. Yeah. It's, uh, when that whole thing happened, I was just like, this is not even, this is not right. I saw it in like whole part. Yeah, it's it. not right. No, no, it's, it's not right. Now you've got your engagement ring based on it. I mean, sure. I've never I know played some Pokemon people, though, though. I know some people oh, have okay. met their partner doing that. What, because they're both running around and chasing the same thing that isn't there? Well, that is a relationship in a sense, is it not? Let's get deep for a moment. The best of Diva Radio, Virgin Radio Pride. And now let's travel in our time machine to February 2019 and hear from comedian Kima Bob. Kima Bob has walked in. Who, um, now, you will have heard Radio Diva listeners when we had Rosie Jones and the Cocoa Butter Club girls on the other oh, week. my girls. Kima Bob's name. Your name was mentioned in very glowing terms. Um, it just makes me feel honoured to know that there are people other than me that like me, but also <laughs> to talk about it in public. That just means a lot. That's good, isn't it? Um, Sweet. And that so is you... not what I was expecting <laughs> at all. You run... <laughs> Oh, well, you've got an amazing life. You, you run a um, showcase for queer femmes of colour. Tell us about that. Yes. Okay, so it's called the the Femmes of Colour Comedy Club, um, and it's not exclusively for queer comics, but I think sure. the thing that makes the night queer-leaning, besides myself, I think is the fact that it's not for women of colour, it's for anyone who identifies as more femme of centre. Um, and so it's just kind of this place where there are no white dudes on stage. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they, get, they get enough space, don't it's they, just, really? It's just a bit of the opposite. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And when did you start doing comedy? Um, I started From the doing... day you were born, yeah. Mama Sandra, oh. you're, <laughs> you're uh, definitely a funny and naturally funny person. <laughs> I'm in a weep. Stop it. Not so much. I'm glad. I'm so glad I woke up and left home today. Um, but <laughs> Professor, actually, the jump into comedy was uh, one of my passive aggressive uh, theater like drama teachers. His name is Mr. Pounders, and we call him Passive Aggressive Pounders. And one day after class, he kept me, and he was like, Kima, um, you're contributing too much. Um, And we appreciate your contributions, um, but maybe uh, you can direct some of that energy towards our improv comedy team. Uh, And so he was like, stop talking in my class, go audition for that, which is nice. Because he had like a solution to his problem, you know In a kind of passive-aggressive way. Yeah, yeah. You're contributing 
too much. And we enjoy it. It's too much. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. Yeah. And then stand up from Texas, moved to London, being in London, <laughs> loving it. Yeah, That's yeah, great. yeah. How long, how long have you been in London? Um, for almost two and a half years. Oh, man, it's nothing like having to, like, fight for your right to party. And by party, I mean live in this country. That really makes me, like, focus. <laughs> like, once a year, I'm like, okay, I got to get my life together because the government is going to check on me. Uh, <laughs> to have that motivation at home. Yeah. So, I'm glad we're, we're helping you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty that grim either side of the God. pond, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, don't talk about my we're all in trouble i tell you awkward times by the pond it really is it really is yeah the best of diva radio virgin radio pride so we are now coming to the end of this look back through radio divas archives I hope you've enjoyed listening back to these clips with me there are so many others i could have chosen and included from the Radio Diva archives. We had a mad and crazy time every Tuesday in the studio. I know Heather would be kicking me under the desk right now going, why didn't you include that one or that one or that one? Um, well, <laughs> there were just too many. And, and I hope that I've given just a little bit of a flavour and a taster. There were some that... Um, well, perhaps had uh, <laughs> some interesting language that I would have quite liked to include, but but we perhaps had to uh, edit out, shall we say. <laughs> um, but please do uh, keep in touch with us. Thank you to Diva Magazine. You can follow them on Twitter at Diva Magazine and to our host broadcast station, Resonance FM. You can follow them on Twitter at Resonance FM. And if you'd like to keep in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. I am at Rosie Wilby on Twitter and I have a book out called The Breakup Monologues. So maybe you want to check that out. And thank you so, so much for listening and enjoying these clips and this little trip down memory lane uh, with this show that we produced for three years from 2016 to 2019, celebrating LGBTQI culture. Thank you, Virgin Radio Pride, for having us. <laughs>